0: Joe Lenardi and many bracketologists think UCLA has to win the Pac-12 tournament to stay as a one seed. We're here to tell you why that's legitimate crap on Locked On UCLA.
1: You are Locked On UCLA, your daily podcast on the UCLA Bruins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Hey everybody, it's Zach anderson Yoxheimer again, your favorite Locked On UCLA host. and we'll, we'll Welcome back, uh, Max Kelton. Yeah, I got to tilt my head the other way. Here on Locked On UCLA, thanks for making this your first listen each and every day. It's free wherever you get your podcast and it's available on YouTube. So like, comment, and most importantly, hit that red subscribe button. Max Kelton, Zach anderson Yoxheimer. Today we're talking UCLA hoops. It's, you know, fresh in conference tournament season. The NCAA tournament's coming around the corner. Selection Sunday is just right there. There's so many things up in the air. The Jalen Clark injury, how that can affect seeding. Joe Linardi's comments to the UCLA Beat Reporter, Ben Bolch, about, hey, they still got to win the tournament to be a one seed, which we can try and disprove by our conversation here today. So we've got a lot to talk about with UCLA Hoops, who we believe have proven themselves to be a one seed already, win or lose, in the Pac-12 Conference Tournament. Max, tell me your thoughts. Get, let's let us get the lay, low down. Let's, let's talk Pac-12 Tournament first. What do you think they're gonna do?
1: Well, first things first, there there are two teams that can really give UCLA a run for its money in the Pac-12 tournament. Arizona sitting at right now, roughly a two seed, but Bruin's just beat him by nine. Just beat him by nine, you know, last Saturday. So I, I think that they're they're in a solid spot moving forward. Um, that said though, without Jalen Clark, we'll see if that makes you know an, an effect in in the in the Pac-12 tournament. First they gotta get through. You know, that first and and, and, and maybe the semifinal. Um, aside from that, USC looks like a solid team. I don't think the Bruins would play either of them until the championship. Is that-
0: yeah, yeah, that's correct. Yep, UCLA yep, so- certainly has the easier side of the bracket. At the moment, we don't know who they're going to play. At the recording of this podcast, we don't know if it's Washington or Colorado. But we will know that when this is posted the next day. So – Either way, they're playing Washington and Colorado. Colorado's probably without KJ Simpson. Maybe Washington ekes one out. They've got a good Kentucky transfer who can score and get some points. Either way, it's a winnable game for UCLA in the Pac-12 quarters. They should win that game. It's the next game where you could play a Washington State or an Oregon, I believe. And those are two teams who are dark horses to win in this type of tournament scenario. Washington State all season long has been a thorn in some team's side. They've been just coming up short. Oregon, we've seen them before do this, kind of under Dana Altman, go out and just win out of nowhere. So it's that semifinal matchup that I think that could be truly troubling for UCLA without Clark with two teams who can smell blood in the water and sniff an NCAA tournament opportunity when they wouldn't have one if UCLA possibly was fully healthy. And the final, well, the Bruins just have to get to the final, and then I think we'll see what happens from there.
1: Well, when when one guy goes down, another has to step up. But these Bruins, they've been terrific as of late, right? You know, 10 straight wins. I think it's that recency bias. And then the real question comes to me, like, who is the one seed if the Bruins don't get in? And I, I look at it as maybe six teams that are up for the one seed. You look at Alabama and Kansas, each of them lost this week. Uh, Purdue, who has had four of its five losses in the last month, and then Texas, who is actually a dark horse to me. If if it's not Purdue and it's not UCLA, I think Texas has a real good shot at being that one seed because of their win against Kansas. Um, that, that's a solid Texas team who is making a run at the right time. And by the way, it's the best conference in the country in the Big 12, uh, at least this season, you know. And I think the real question is, you know, who else is in that that Big Ten Conference. UCLA is playing twice this season against Arizona, and we talk about one of just, the, what, the four losses for the Bruins has come against this Arizona team that is is a top ten team in the nation. The Pac-12 has, has two of the top ten teams in the country, but, you know, the Big Ten just doesn't have that same competitiveness at the top of it. so They have a um, lot think, of
0: kind of decent floating teams, yes. it looks like. Yes. And they just
1: get a lot of respect, and we're
0: not entirely sure why. Maryland's been interesting. Purdue's sure. been good. But Michigan and Michigan State, you know, they're just it's just an interesting year. Northwestern on a run. Yeah. It's just a Dude. weird year in the Big Ten that they're going to get a lot of teams probably, but are they all deserving? I'm not entirely yeah. sure they are. And that's well, going to hurt that- the Pac-12 overall, and maybe UCLA and the resumes hurt by the other teams across the country getting more respect than they probably
1: deserve. Yes, dude. It's so funny. It's it, the big 10 is the conference of the eight seed, Illinois, Northwestern, uh, and, and Indiana. They're, they're like, they're all right, right around the eight seed mark. And, you know, UCLA. Well, USC is right around the 10th seed, you know, roughly a 10, 10 or 11. And Arizona is a two or a three, you know, Having having that one other team in the conference who was giving you a run for your money, I think that that speaks volumes in itself. Um, whereas the conference of the eighth seed, Purdue has not had that much success, at least in the last month, against a a a a, a conference that. Well, look, they lost twice to Indiana. They just Indiana's got blown out. Yeah, Indiana is really good. Indiana is really good. They they barely barely beat a bad Wisconsin team, just barely squeaked them out, uh, and then and then they. They lost to Maryland, and UCLA beat Maryland by 27, nearly 30 earlier in the year. So what are we talking about here? What's the question, you know? We talk about that recency bias. We talk about Jalen Clark. Sure, that's important, but Purdue has lost its one seed. It lost four games, and then it lost its one seed. This Boilermakers team is good, but they are not one of the best four teams in this country, Uh, and I think that the UCLA Bruins are. And – the last 10 games for the Bruins certainly makes that case. I think that sure this uh this this Pac-12 tournament makes a, a, an important case for the Bruins to be that one seed, but if they don't win the Pac-12 tournament and Arizona does, are you saying that they're not a one seed because they they lost to a team that is a top top 10 in the country? Like if Purdue beats out a bunch of 8 seeds for their, their Big Ten tournament, and then the Bruins lose to the number eight team in the country. Does that mean that they're not worthy? I don't know. I don't know. I, I can test Lenardi on that one. So I think that's that's kind of where we're paying attention.
0: I mean, Mick Cronin said, yeah, I, I'll talk to my father who knows more basketball than Joe Lenardi? Who? That's yeah. what he said to, I believe, Ben Bolcher and his media availability the other day about, what are you talking about? Like, how are we not a one seed? There's been an emphasis for UCLA on the one seed, the one seed in the West. And again, what we're talking about here is the fact that UCLA is supposedly needing to win this Pac-12 tournament, shorthanded, mind you, with maybe no ideal situation known for Jalen Clark, at least publicly at this moment. And I'm going to tell you, and Max can maybe your bat- back with me, on what I think UCLA is doing here in terms of the likes of what they're doing with Jalen Clark after... I tell you about FanDuel. FanDuel, it's the midway point of the NBA season. You've got to go join the America's number one sports book with FanDuel. You can download the app. It's a safe, secure, super easy app to use. You can get a no-sweat first bet up to 1000 dollars back in bonus bets if your first bet does not win. So you can bet anything from money line, from bigger payouts, point scores, three strained. You can get a same game parlay. Have some fun with it. No sweat first bet. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA and with us here at Locked On. Cruising on, here's segment two. Zach Addish and Uxheimer joined once again by Max Kelton. And, you know, we're, we're talking about UCLA needing to win a Pac-12 tournament. We're making the case that they don't need to win it. They shouldn't need to win it, although that may be what the committee decides and what Lenardi is reading the room in terms of UCLA's inability to win the Pac-12 tournament could cost them a one seed in the NCAA tournament, all because of the injury to Jalen Clark. And I think UCLA, this this is not actual fact. This is what I think. Let's make this clear. If you're listening or watching to this podcast, I think this is what UCLA is doing. I think Clark is out, and they're holding him out, just to make sure, one, well, you can't say he's going to play in the Pac-12 tournament because he's obviously not going to be there. He's not even traveling to Vegas for UCLA. I think he's not playing in the NCAA tournament. It's You can look at the video. You can take different ways. We haven't had a clear, definitive answer medically as to what he's dealing with necessarily, at least at the recording of this podcast. And I think they're hiding, and they won't tell us that he's out until after that bracket is released. And they might not even tell us till their first game. What do you think about that, Max?
1: I I think that I think it could go both ways. Uh, Optimistically, I'm hoping that hey, hey, Clark Clark shows up because this UCLA team is certainly certainly better when he is playing. Um, I mean,
0: National Defensive Player of the
1: Year, possibly Pac-12 Defensive Player
0: of the Year, has some of the best analytical numbers in defensive win shares. If you don't even know what that is, it just means we have goofy people typing in numbers just to showcase how good Jalen Clark is defensively. If you couldn't already see it. On tape yeah. already.
1: Well, it, it's not even that. It's just it's it's filling time for the for the Bruins, right? It's, he's 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 responsible for 30 minutes per game and 10 shots per game. We talk about his defense, but he's also averaging 13 points per contest. Is well. so those 10 shots had to come. Couple lives somewhere else. Does that mean Jaime Hawkins takes over, or does that mean it's it's Tiger Campbell? You know, it, it it could it could go any way. But the Bruins have to be able to step up. Next man mentality. You don't want a championship reliant on one guy or two. It's got to be a full team effort, and that's what we've seen from the Bruins all season long. But the Bruins, who who have the national, or who have the, the the Pac-12 Player of the Year, the Defensive Player of the Year, the Freshman of the Year, the Coach of the Year. It's it's a team effort, and and we talked about in the last episode how a couple of guys were left off that list. So it's a team effort, and as good as Jalen Clark has been, real question is, can they keep that intensity alive heading into March? This is when they need to come alive. I think optimistically, folks are hoping that Clark will return. But regardless of whether he can or not, you got to be able to. If you have championship hopes, you have to be able to play without one of the more important players on your team and adjust. And I think if you have the coach of the year and Mick Cronin that adjustment might be a little bit easier than than in other situations that said it certainly won't be uh, smooth sailing the rest of the way but if you if you're on en route to a national championship if you're en route to a first seed in the NCAA tournament you have to be able to handle that adversity so now the the Bruins will be tested and this is this is where they'll they'll, they'll show their true colors they'll show their blue and yellow
0: and this is where you have David Singleton who will be vaulted in the starting lineup for sure alongside Bailey, which will be an interesting fit there alongside Bona and Tiger and Haquez because sometimes it'd be Bailey coming out for the likes of David Singleton. Those were the two guys who flip-flopped when Bailey was out. And the Bruins still had success, but you could clearly see how much better Bailey made them, especially offensively, defensively, when he wasn't making freshman mistakes and very well could have won freshman player of the year in the Pac-12 if he wasn't hurt letting his teammate Adam Bona who is outstanding one way or the other. But it's going to come down to, can Dylan Andrews, will McClendon play key minutes? And how well will Singleton shoot the basketball? Can he shoot a toward 50% three-point shooting pace? Or will he go on an ice-cold streak? And yes, in a tournament game, he's going to miss some threes. In a tournament game, he can make eight threes in a game and score 24. He can do that. But game in and game out, you're going to have to see the bench step up significantly. Because there's times this year where UCLA's bench was unique, and, you know, they couldn't get a lot of production. Now that the the roster is built and they're on this 10-game run heading into the Pac-12 tournament, you know, it seems like they had just found their perfect stride. You know, everybody was targeting the Bruins only for the, the Clark injury, unfortunately. And again, no word as to whether he's playing in the NCAA tournament. He is not playing in the Pac-12 tournament. So one wonders what will the Bruins look like in the Pac-12. And here's the debate, again, to f- wrap this thing up, Max is it okay to give UCLA a lower seed because Clark is out injured and might not play. So that makes them not as worthy of a one seed. And if they lose in the PAC 12 tournament without Clark, are those two combinations enough to force UCLA to the two line and not get a one seed in the West, like they currently are as the two team in the country, number two in the coaches and the AP pool.
1: I think, I think it's an interesting point to make, right? And Hey, if, if if you if you open up the door to having them slide because of the, the loss of one player, first it it matters how they play in the Pac-12 tournament without Jalen Clark, right? But if you do open up that door, does it stop at the two seed? Does it stop at a three seed, right? Because then you know it, it's not it's not a holistic uh review of their season, but rather a holistic review of one player and his impact on what the team looks like in uh, one week. Sure, in just one week gives them no time to adjust. And frankly, I think that that's, that's taken it a step too far. Uh, that said, though, I don't even know if there's there's precedent on that, if there's precedent on on one player or, or an injury impacting a, a, a team's seed. And uh, frankly, I'd have to do more research on on, on what – if that's happened in the past, if a player in the last week of the season has been injured and that affects how they're, they're seeded in the tournament. But I think the only thing that could affect – how these, this Bruin team is seated is how they play in the Pac 12 tournament. But hey, I, I'd i say that while L- Lenardi made the case, if they win the Pac 12 tournament, then they're the number one seed. I think that's the focus, regardless of who's playing. I think Jaime Hawkins, he was, he was player of the year uh, announced yesterday. I think, regardless of, of whether Jalen Clark is playing, I don't think he, he cares about that player of the year honor. I think what he, what he, uh, is, is really looking for is that Pac-12 championship, and then he's looking for the the national championship. So regardless of who is playing on that court, I think Jaime Hawkins and company, uh, they have their eyes set on 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 bigger awards. And uh, I I think that their focus right now is is going to be, who do we have next? How do we beat them? And uh, who 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 is in my arsenal? Who can we use? utilize to who's going to step up to, that to, day. Improve. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. And,
0: and one final point to bring up, I think it's more interesting. How do you just a seeding when it's like you have a player who's played, been hurt and then he's coming back. Right. Didn't Kyrie Irving do that for Duke years ago. Right. They didn't end up going too far in the tournament or at least as far as they could have. But you know, like what happens when someone comes back and that's not exactly the situation coming here. I can, that can make a case. Oh, you got a player coming back and that can make a difference. That's an interesting argument. But with someone gone and how good they've been and they've played without players who have been injured before in terms of Amari Bailey, I don't think that should be a, too big of a focus for UCLA's, getting, UCLA's tournament hopes getting dashed down a seed level and getting pushed across the country as opposed to playing in Sacramento, opposed to playing in Vegas in a potential regional.
1: And one one more thing I'd like to add is that David Singleton is coming off of 17 points against that Arizona team. That's one of the top 10 in the country. That's his third highest scoring mark of the season. Um, and and we talked about how Jalen Jalen Clark is is looking at about 10 shots per game, roughly. They 10 weren't shots efficient per game.
0: shots recently either. No.
1: No, they weren't, and and you know who was efficient? Well, David Singleton, five of nine from three. That that ties his his highest three point mark this season. So those shots have to be allocated somewhere else because those possessions aren't going anywhere. And if Singleton uh, can knock those can knock those threes down, if he's getting more opportunities from the three point line and able to knock those home, hey, that could be a, a formula that works. You just got to be able to pick up on the defensive slack then.
0: Well, that's our talk for basketball today because we are fired up and excited about the Pac-12 tournament and the NCAA tournament. We'll have all the actual post-game reactions to every Pac-12 tournament game. Yes, I'll be here. Boom. Elite. Boom, boom. Back, and forth. Selection Sunday. We'll have NCAA tournament reactions right away. So stay tuned. There is a lot of coverage coming with you in terms of basketball and the UCLA Bruins March through March. You know, bad joke there. Bad pun. (laughs) Now, as we transition into the final segment of Locked On UCLA, I know there's been some requests. Let's talk about UCLA men's volleyball and the MSPF. John Sparra has himself another team that can compete for a national championship. They're playing some national competitors, some national title contenders this week in Penn State, Hawaii. And I know, Max, you know, you're a UCLA broadcaster. You've seen both softball, you've seen volleyball, you've seen quite a bit of UCLA. But what do you think this Bruins volleyball team can look like this year? Considering last year they blew it in the semis in their own arena.
1: Well, it's it's funny to think about because as as good as this Bruins team was when it opened up the season, it's a different look now. For for those who are not volleyball fans out there, the setter is considered the quarterback on the court, the quarterback who's running the offense. And, and is is able to be the leader out there. And the Bruins were led by the reigning MPSF Player of the Year in Miles Partain. He's a terrific beach, beach volleyball player, uh, a star, if you will, and he has burst onto the AVP scene on, for, for beach volleyball. That said, though, he's preparing for the Olympics, and he stepped away from the Bruins, uh, Bruins team. That was back in February, and it was really a question of what's coming up next. This is this is the guy who was the player of the year at one of the best conferences in the country. So that gives you an idea of how important he was to this team. He was the quarterback. He was the leader last year, and he he led uh, the best hitting percentage uh, in the country this year, up until the point where he he left, and that was because he he got minimal playing time against Penn State in the the Bruins' first and only loss of the season. Now it's revenge time, and instead of Miles Partain, who is running this offense, Andrew Rowan, a true freshman, steps onto the scene this year, and he's been really solid for the Bruins. And a big reason why I think, in my opinion, why Partain might have left. Well, yes, he's he's keying in on Olympic qualifiers for the beach scene, but also because hey, Rowan is a really good player, and he might have been stealing away some time. Partain had just five assists in that final match uh, he played this season against Penn State. It was that that four-set loss, but just five assists, and I, I don't think he played in every set as well. So that gave you an idea that hey, maybe Coach Spira saw something that he liked with 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 the freshman and Andrew Rowan, a true freshman who is really putting up good numbers, running the offense well. It seems like the pieces are around him. Um, and and the chemistry is there, but keep an eye out because this is a really big weekend, maybe the large, the big, the biggest weekend of the season for UCLA volleyball. Uh, you, you talk about okay, no Miles Partain, so let's get him out of the out of the picture. Normal. Rowan Normal. is Normal. running the offense, and the last time they were splitting carries against, if you will, you know, I'll, I'll use a football analogy, splitting carries against uh, a, a Penn State team who is right now ranked right number three in the country. The only team that has been able to issue a loss to UCLA this season. The Bruins have come back. They won, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight straight um heading into this weekend. This is a really tough tournament. So they they play a revenge game, a revenge match against the only team that beat them this year. Then they have a, a, a middle match against uh who not it's not the 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 headliner to say yeah, the yeah, least yeah
0: indiana Purdue Fort Wayne I think you cut out there for a sec but yeah, yeah against I believe what the Mastodons Purdue Fort Wayne Indiana yeah. Purdue Fort Wayne yeah
1: yeah not the headliner the headlining match is that last one of of the weekend it's on, on Saturday at Hawaii in Stan Sheriff Center 9 p.m for you folks on the west coast um and and that Hawaii team is undefeated. They are so, so good. Defending uh, national just, champs.
0: Aren't they back-to-back? They're back-to-back back back to
1: Back-to-back. Back-to-back two-time. Uh, but that said, though, UCLA has knocked off the number one team in the, in the nation now two years running, at least in, in one of the regular season matches. Um, so, you know, they beat Long Beach last year. They beat BYU two years ago when each of those were number one teams in the country. And if anybody, now I've seen I've seen almost all uh, all of the best teams in the country play in person, except for Hawaii and Long Beach, who are coming to town next week for UCSB. On you know, the call for for uh, for them, aside from those those couple, I've seen about the, just about the best. And uh, UCLA can compete with anybody. They can compete with anybody. The pieces are their Guy Genis is terrific, and and it just you know. They are so much fun to watch. Ito David is so solid as well. This team through and through just has every every piece to be successful. And frankly, at this point, I trust, I trust that young man in Andrew Rowan. I'm excited to see what he can do. Coach Sparrath has tons of confidence in him. Um, and this is heading into uh MPSF play. You know, prior to prior to the that that real stretch where you get into MPSF play against Stanford, GCU, USC, and Pepperdine, um, they'll play against this Penn State team, look for revenge, build momentum to to play in that that one and two matchup against Hawaii. And if they do win against Hawaii on the road, that's a big if, don't get me wrong. If they it's do, tough to do, they are the uh undisputed number one state in my eyes.
0: Yeah, if you won, get Penn State, you kind of even that series. You beat, you don't fall in the middle match, and you go win at Hawaii. It's one thing to play Hawaii off the island. The Stan Sheriff Center is a con- di- completely different venue. You know, it's completely different vibe. It's I've been there. It's and especially for volleyball, it's it, it's an insane environment. I mean, they just it, it's an insane venue. If UCLA wins there, it is it is big time. Even if they lose to Penn State, that proves they can go win at Hawaii and prove that they're big time. So basically when Max is saying to all you folks listening and watching at home, go check it out, go watch them, go get these Bruins, go check them out and see if coach John Sparrow and these mighty Bruins come back this weekend as the number one team in the country. They have to go three, 0 to do that, but they are this close to doing so. But for Max, thank you for joining the show. Once again, on locked on UCLA. We're excited. Basketball's here. Volleyball's across the country. Baseball's having big games here and there. Softball, looking to continue their torrid stretch, looking to stay as the number two team in the country, grow to to number one. The women, a run to the Pac-12 tournament final. All the excitement with UCLA. We've got you here on Locked On. UCLA. So you know what? Go check out Locked On College Basketball and make them your second listen today because that's a good show to get you prepared for the NCAA tournament for your bracket on Locked On College Basketball. And thanks for making UCLA, Locked On to UCLA your first listen each and every day. It's free wherever we get your podcasts and it's available on YouTube. As always, Bruins fans, hands up. A clap time, baby. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. UCLA. UCLA fight, fight, fights. This has been Locked On UCLA. Go Bruins.